0: Hello and welcome. My name is Jill Wigmore Welsh and I'm a healthcare expert. I'm the director and clinical lead for Modern Pain Care UK, uh, providing services in London and the south of England for people who've had trauma-related pain, injury rehabilitation after small, medium and large, catastrophic events, etc., So today I'm going to be talking to you about something that you probably or possibly may never have heard of, and it's called Complex Regional Pain Syndrome. So the initials CRPS. So what is Complex Regional Pain Syndrome, um, and why am I talking to you about this today? Well, Complex Regional Pain Syndrome um, is something that develops typically after often quite a very small trauma, to what we call a peripheral limb. So what we mean by that when we say peripheral limb is um, it's an injury or trauma. Um, It might be in your hand, it might be in your foot, it might be in your wrist or forearm, or it might be in your lower leg. Now, about 9% of people who who go on to develop what I call full-blown CRPS that, that lasts for years Um, don't recall any trauma Um, but many people who do get CRPS um, will get better so that's very good news and uh, many people who have had an injury will actually develop what we call transient features which is um, signs and symptoms that you might be going down the route of CRPSing um, and these symptoms can last for a few weeks, particularly after fractures, um, and they can seemingly completely resolve. And certainly, one of the most important elements with CRPS is that the 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 important management of CRPS in the early stages is that you do begin to actually uh, not just get advice to go and get a diagnosis, because Sitting, waiting for a diagnosis is going to be wasted time with your rehabilitation, Um, but actually to be beginning to start to take active steps to see if you can begin to turn around and change, make changes to some of these symptoms that you're beginning to start to develop. So what kinds of symptoms are we talking about with CRPS? Well, Diagnostically, um, this isn't something that can be diagnosed through blood tests or x-rays or scans or things like this in the early days. What we use is something that's called a diagnostic criteria. So this is a little bit like a checkbox. Now, obviously, the most important thing is to make sure that there isn't anything else that could be causing some of these, um, these problems so that you don't have another diagnosis that better explains your signs and symptoms um and and that is really something that that your gp should be able to advise you on so if you go to see your gp and you've got some beginning signs and symptoms um then one of the things that that you can immediately raise is you know do you think this could be something else that's going on for us for example something to do with arthritis or something to do with um i don't know your Circulation or uh, some sort of infection that you've got, or something similar. So, your GP is a good person to ask um, to make sure that in the early signs, the early stages, um, there doesn't seem to be any other diagnosis. But also, your healthcare professional, your physiotherapist, should be somebody that you can talk to. Unfortunately, uh, it may well be that the person that you're working with, especially if you've recently been discharged, say from hospital, with um, I don't know a, a cast on your limb uh, that's just going to be removed, and uh, you've gone up to the hospital, you've had the cast off, and you have been given a list of exercises to do. Um, it, it may be that the person that you go and see, uh, it may not be that they've ever seen anybody with early um, signs of what we call CIPSI. So one of the important things for you to know is what sort of things should be watch should you be watching out for? Because if you begin to start to have um, certain early warning signs, the important thing is to take action. Not to take action, as I've already said, to go and get a diagnosis, but actually to begin to start to um, take action, um, to think about what sort of movement you should be doing, whether you need additional pain, pain care, help so that you actually um, are not restricting your activity because you've got so much pain Um, and there are certain things that you can you can put in place so what i'm intending to do with this short recording is just briefly to go through with you some of the early signs and symptoms that that you could be showing um, that that you could go oh that's maybe this isn't quite going the right way And if you begin to start to notice these early signs, remember that um, a big percentage of people who get early signs, if it's picked up quickly and you begin to start to make um, interventions, um, you can actually um, turn this round. So if you're beginning to start to have some problems, then if you begin to start to take action, you can actually begin to start to turn some of these signs and symptoms around and certainly as a clinician I've worked with many people who've had early signs um, where actually nobody has ever mentioned complex regional pain syndrome to them and um, they've been supported perhaps with additional pain management um, and with certain activities and within a relatively short period of time, they've begun to start to find that the symptoms that they had are beginning to start to resolve. So, um, as I've already said, most people who get CRPS will recover within 6 to 24 months. Um, Those who don't improve by about 2 years are likely to remain having problems, but of course, if what's happened is that you've got a few early signs, let's say in the first 2 or 3 months, and you're not really sure what you should be doing, what happens is you continue in that um, vein and uh, and you wait and and you wait to be seen by a special clinic or something similar. It takes six months to get to be seen. Then you could be, you know, six, nine, 12 months down the road. And um, by then, obviously, it's a bit more tricky to begin to start to make changes. So what are the kinds of things that you could begin to be noticing and looking out for? Uh, If you've had an injury, what are the kinds of things? Now, as I've already said, what we call the the Budapest Clinical Diagnostic Criteria for CRPS uh, is really quite simple. Um, The top of the list is a lot of pain, which is really out of proportion to the inciting event. So if you've had an injury, if you've had a broken bone, then obviously that's that's going to be something that your system picks up as being quite dangerous, and you're going to get quite a strong feeling of pain. But um, if you've been immobilized in a cast, or if you've been immobilized in an air cast, or if you've had um, some sort of surgery to, um, to assist the bone to knit together, or if you've fallen downstairs and you've got extensive bruising or whatever, then if what happens is that you've got a huge amount of pain, you really are feeling a lot of pain, and remember that pain is, you know, pain is unique to you. Um, I mean, if I fall over and I bash my my elbow, um, then I'll feel a certain amount of pain, and I'll say on a scale of 0 to 10, you know, it might be a, a 6 or something, or a 5 or a 4, and somebody else might turn around and go, oh, no, my pain's only a 2, it's only a 1, it's not very high. Um somebody else might say, well, my pain's a 10. That's like huge pain. So pain is unique to you and it's your real experience. It's it's not it's not crazy if you feel a lot of pain and you know you really have got a lot of pain. Um if you've got a lot of pain, then it might well be that um you you are feel you if you have a lot of pain you can feel quite scared to move. So the first the first one on the clinical criteria is continuing pain. Something that's out of proportion. You know, you've got an injury, it uh, should be improving, should be getting better, but, oh, wow, it really hurts. So that's the first one. Because a lot of the management in the early stages is to encourage you to be engaged with the limb, to love it, to touch it, have it as part of you. And if it feels very painful, then that may not be something that you want to, um, you may not want to think about this limb at all because it hurts so much. So if you've got a lot of pain, this is the first thing to notice. If it really hurts, and if you've been to the doctor, um, and if you go to the doctor and you say to your doctor, look, it really, really hurts, and the doctor says, well, you know, yes, it may hurt, but there's not a lot wrong, what else should you do? Well, that's the first stage where you should actually get some specialist advice. And as a clinician who's worked with a lot of people who've had injuries, I, I know that sometimes some people come to me and they are reporting an enormous amount of pain, And that's what it is. It's real for them. But that actually, once we've explained what's going on and they feel a bit more reassured and they feel a bit more calm and relaxed, actually, they say to me, do you know what? It doesn't hurt so much now. (laughs) It sounds silly, but now I'm feeling a little bit more relaxed. It's, you know, the pain is feeling a little bit better. So what's important is to notice that kind of disproportionate amount of pain. Now, what else what other kinds of symptoms might you you start to notice early on well in the budapest what you call the budapest criteria it says you must report at least one symptom in three of the following four categories so a symptom is um is is something that that is actually there um so what the first one of these is sensory so reports of hyperesthesia or allodynia so what on earth do those two things mean well basically when you go to touch your skin it should feel as if the skin feels like your skin if it feels sort of hypersensitive or uh, very sort of tingly or um, it feels very numb uh, or it just feels odd well then that's not okay And sometimes if you've bruised or damaged a nerve or something similar, you can get some changes in the sensation and feelings. And obviously, this is something that if you've got a good clinician who's looking after you, then that's something just to go and check. Because, you know, sometimes you can get a little bit of bruising and sometimes you can get strange feelings. But, you know, our brain and nervous system is a strange beast and sometimes we can get funny feelings in a limb um for no reason for for seemingly no reason and sometimes those feelings can be that we you know we don't really want to touch the limb because it feels weird it feels odd and uh, so that's that's one thing that you might notice and and that can be quite common after an injury and especially if you've had a lot of trauma and sometimes touching the limb can make you remember the accident and you don't really want to remember it and you know there's nothing wrong with that at all um, but being aware that maybe the the sense what we call the sensory changes are hmm, not quite as it should be. That's one to watch out for. So another one to watch out for is what we call vasomotor. so that's um that's where if you put your hand on one limb or if it's your if it's your hands that you've injured, <laughs> you might have to just do it with one hand um, and then get a friend to do it. Um, the temperature in one limb seems to be different from the other. Um, so one limb might be warmer or cooler than the other. And also what you might notice is the colour of the skin seems to be different. So the skin colour isn't the same. Um, one can look a lot more red or white or purple than the other limb and, um, And that in itself can be distressing because your limb might not look like the other limb at all. And that can seem really quite odd. So if you notice that you've got a difference in the symmetry, so one side is warmer or cooler, that's another thing to watch out for. Now, another symptom might be uh, what we call pseudomotor, which is edema, which is swelling, basically. So reports of um, edema and and or sweating changes or sweating on one leg more than the other so it might be that one limb just seems to be really swollen um, and that the swelling seems to be quite solid or puffy or similar to this um, or it might be that it's sweaty. Um, another one is what we call motor changes which is um, that you just don't seem to be able to move say your ankle or your knee or your wrist or your hand and that the um, the the arm or leg just doesn't seem to belong to you. It just doesn't seem to obey you. You want to try to move your fingers, but you just don't seem to want to move. Now, again, sometimes if you've had a little bit of a nerve compression, let's say, you can have a bit of weakness um, because if the message isn't getting through properly through your central nervous system to your muscles, then the muscles may not be working. But when we're talking about motor and trophic symptoms, Um, We're talking about things like weakness, tremor, dystonia. Um, Sometimes in the later stages, people can actually get what are called trophic changes. So your hair or your nails or your skin can really seem to have changed. But remember, in the early stages after an injury, say in the first, you know, six to eight weeks or a few weeks even, um, it may not be you've progressed to having any of these. You just might be beginning to start to show you know a few early signs and you think all oh, this doesn't seem to be quite the same this leg looks different it's sweaty it's swollen it doesn't seem to i don't seem to you know it's hard to move it hurts and all of these kinds of things those are the those are the times where it's important just to sort of jot to jot these things down and i'll give you some advice on on what to do afterwards right now as well as those um What needs to be done is in order for you to meet this Budapest criteria is uh, you must be displaying at least one sign at the time of somebody having a look at you. So if a healthcare expert was to have a look at you, you'd have to be showing at least one sign at the time of evaluation in two or more of the following categories. So that's similar again. So sensory is uh, the evidence of uh hyperalgesia so in other words if somebody goes to, to put stick a pin into you um it actually feels um heightened or reduced so it doesn't feel it doesn't feel normal it's probably the best way somebody goes to put a pin in it should feel like a pin but it doesn't feel like a pin it's like oh hmm, it's a bit odd it's very very numb or whatever it might be um or allodynia, which means to light touch or deep pressure or joint movement it's um as I say, it, it, it just doesn't feel right. Um, vasomotor, this is the other one. So we've done sensory and vasomotor is evidence of this um, temperature asymmetry. So literally, there is literal evidence. You, you can see it and um, the skin color looks different and it doesn't look the same. And you put your hand on it and it definitely doesn't feel the same. Uh, pseudomotor or edema, again, evidence of edema and or sweating changes or sweating asymmetry. And then again, the motor or trophic evidence of decreased range of motion uh, or motor function. So it's really quite straightforward. We've got these set of criteria. And if you start to tick these boxes, um, well, you've got to tick all the boxes in order to actually be diagnosed. But let's say what happens after a, an injury or trauma is you just begin to start to notice that... Um, you know, that that limb seems to be more swollen than the other one, and it's not so easy to move, and it hurts a bit. Um, well, the last thing that you want to do is sit around and wait to see if you begin to start to develop a whole package of the rest of those symptoms. Because, as I've already said, uh, the most important step to take if you're beginning to start to show any of these signs is actually to get some good advice on what you can do to be beginning to start to make the changes that mean that you can be, hopefully, Um, part of this large group of people who, you know, who are going to be recovering within six to 12 months. And certainly from the experience that I've had of working with people who've had um, injuries related to road accidents, etc. And I've been in to see people at home and assess them. It's quite common after a fracture or an injury to present with these early signs Um, And certainly one thing that isn't reported here is if people have got extensive bruising and a lot of swelling, say if they've had uh, a compression, like they've got a leg that's been squashed or something in an injury, they can have a lot of bruising. And if they don't know what to do, that can sometimes develop into some of these signs and symptoms. So as I say, the most important thing in the early stages is really to actually begin to start to take action. If you've got a lot of pain then you may need to have some additional pain management for that but and that might be medication but you really 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 need to get some good advice in these really early stages because what we know is that our brain and central nervous system if you've got a trauma if it hurts a lot um, if you're scared of touching the limb then you can go on and develop a lot of other problems and um, it's really difficult to know. It's a little bit of a chicken and an egg situation. If someone is beginning to start to have these problems, um, and they don't know what to do, and they're not, you know, kindly and gently supported to be able to know what is okay, what isn't okay, um, what can happen is that maybe that person sits at home and doesn't do a great deal, and then they begin to develop other symptoms. So. Part of the reason that I'm recording this is because I really want to encourage people if they begin to start to notice that they have some of these early signs after an accident is that they actually take action and I'm going to do another couple of recordings and I'm going to put a little bit of information out there about some of the things that you can do but remember I'm not recording this for you to have a medical diagnosis. I'm recording this so that you've got some information so that you are in a position to be able to be making a really big informed decision over how you manage yourself and um, that you can ask yourself the question of does this seem to be going okay because I can guarantee that um, when you're sitting at home and you're worried and you're scared and you're not sure uh, everybody is going to be giving you advice and if you go onto the internet and you google CRPS. Unfortunately, you're liable to end up on some websites that could really give you some really quite distressing information. And I'd like to put some useful, practical, simple guidelines out there and help you to be able to think about what you can do to make changes. So this is Jill Widmore Welsh here from Reading in Berkshire. As I say, I'm the director and uh, the clinical lead for modern pain care uk and if you want to get in touch with me you can get in touch with me via my website which is modern and and via my facebook link there you can come straight through to my messenger or you can call me and uh, you can see the details on my website there i won't put it out on this recording because this is going to go out on uh, the internet um, but as i say i look forward to you contacting me if you're worried at all that you may be getting the early signs. Um, Take care. I hope this is helpful and I'll speak to you again very soon.